So President Biden has sent millions of dollars to Ukraine to help them protect their borders. Yes, you cannot make it up. Ukraine. Biden is sending millions to Ukraine to protect its borders. We cannot protect our borders to save our lives, but we're protecting Ukraine's borders. That's coming up. Biden is helping Iran get rich. This is a bombshell. Joe Biden is actually helping Iran become wealthy. He's covering it up, not allowing Congress to investigate. This is according to this is not some conspiracy theory. It's according to Republicans in Congress who say Biden, yeah, he's literally not enforcing sanctions, letting Iran get rich. Meanwhile, the Biden negotiations with Iran, the negotiations with Iran, what are we up to the eighth round, the ninth round? They're a total disaster. They're an abysmal failure. Now, three U.S. negotiators have quit the Biden team. Three negotiators have actually quit the Biden negotiating team with Iran because they say that Biden is way too soft on Iran. So you literally have negotiators for the leftist pro-Iran Biden administration who say, we quit. This is outrageous. You're being way too lenient, way too soft. Isn't that a shock? All of the details coming up. Now, how low is the bar for Biden? I mean, the media is giddy They are celebrating. They're doing cartwheels. He held a press conference. Hooray! Hooray for Biden. He actually held a press conference. Let's, you know, let's all give him, like, let's give him some kind of medal because the man did what every president is supposed to do every few weeks. He held a press conference, never mind the fact that it was a disaster. I mean, that he he rambled on. He was confused. It was painful. He snapped at a reporter. He he invited Putin. Hey, Putin, why don't you invade Ukraine? I promise I won't respond. I won't retaliate. But it was the first time in 10 months that the man has held a press conference. And the media, they're like, the White House is like, they're like high-fiving each other. They're like patting themselves on the back. It's absurd. I, and, and you know what? He, I mean, it's, you know what it's like? It's like a three year, it's like the, you know, the three year old, like he takes like a few steps and before he falls down, he like takes five whole steps. The two year, I don't know how old, probably 10 or 11 month old or whatever age they start to walk. And you, you know, I, I guess I started a little bit later than most children. So I get excited when a two year old walks, but either way, it's like, hey, hey, he took like four steps before he fell flat on his face. Congratulations. And like, so Biden, it was almost a two hour. Wow. Almost a two hour press conference. This is the greatest president since Winston Churchill. So he, like I said, I mean, we're not going to give the man any medal. And he literally said that it it, it depends when asked if they'll retaliate against uh, Vladimir Putin for invading Ukraine. Well, it depends if it's a minor incursion or not. It's like, well, he only sent in 12,000 troops, right? So it's not it's not like he's in the middle of Ukraine. He's just on the edge. I mean, it's just nuts. Meanwhile, Biden wants to help Democrats campaign for Congress in the midterms and 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 Democrat congressmen are like saying, "Are you get me out of it? No way. Like thanks but no thanks. Like don't get anywhere near my campaign. The man is a complete liability. I'm worried that Biden's going to campaign for Republicans and maybe mess up some Republican campaigns. But in this press conference, do you know they spent a lot of time on Ukraine and Russia? And look, I'm making a big deal. At I, I obviously don't want, do not want Vladimir Putin to like reassemble the Soviet Union. And I think it's a big story. But I think there are way, way bigger stories out there that are being totally ignored by the media. There was not one question about 
the southern border in this press conference. They were all staged, of course. There was not one que- I don't think they asked about Afghanistan. Maybe once they, there was not one question about the surge in crime. Right now, there is a surge in crime around the country, mostly in Democrat cities, mostly, by the way, on minorities. Minorities are, don't tell the media, don't tell the Democrats, because they claim that they care about minorities. And yet minorities are the number one victims of these crimes, um, thanks to the anti-police liberal socialist movement out there. Very, very little questioning about COVID, very little about the economy. And like Russia is and Putin and Ukraine, yes, yes, they're important. Yes, Biden's policies are pitiful, but they're, they're like nothing like they don't remotely compare to some of the major issues that we are facing right now in this country. And let me just say this to the media. Can you ask something to Biden about covid with Trump? It was nonstop covid for a year. Biden's the one who promised to shut it down. Biden's the one that has every possible resource, which Trump did not have, including the vaccine that Trump gave him, including monoclonal antibodies. And uh, now we know, finally, the CDC admits that many of the masks out there are worthless. And yet Biden, uh, Trump got nonstop blame. Biden gets a total pass. And uh, all the media is obsessed over is masks, which do not work. Biden's a failure on covid and the media totally just lets him get away with it. I just want to read you some numbers. And look, let me just, you know, there, there are these websites that compare a year ago to now. We're basically at the point where there are more COVID deaths under Biden than under Trump. And yes, it's possible that COVID deaths are inflated, by the way, the number of COVID. And I don't mean to minimize COVID. First of all, every life is precious. Second of all, way, way too many people have tragically perished as a result of COVID. Young people have died as a result of COVID. COVID is... It's a horrific, horrific virus. I'm not trying to diminish it in any way. But like January, but at the same time, it's not fair to have a double standard like the media has Trump versus Biden. January 24th of this year, over one million cases, new cases of COVID. January 24th, a year ago, 129,000 cases of COVID. Um, Deaths, right? Biden said he'd shut it down, right? Deaths, January 24th. 2,181 deaths as a result of COVID. January 24th, 2021, a year before, 1,815 deaths. Now, it was a Sunday. I will give you that, that January 24th last year was a Sunday. This year it was not a Sunday. So on the weekends, fewer people test, fewer deaths are reported. I understand all that. But the point is that the media, Trump did not see it coming. Trump had no control over COVID. There was nothing he could do because the government, or I shouldn't say nothing he could do, but the government simply is unable to handle, I don't care who's in charge, unable to handle a pandemic. They blamed Trump. They did not blame Biden. Meanwhile, as I said, Biden has sent $200 million to Ukraine. A lot of that money is going to go to protect Ukraine's borders. We're protecting Ukraine's borders. I mean, you cannot make it up. Meanwhile, not only is the U.S. southern border totally out of control, it's a catastrophic situation, the southern border with the U.S., you have illegals pouring in by the tens of thousands. You know that Biden actually charters them on flights. Biden actually takes illegals who cross the border. And uh, forgetting deporting them, forgetting leaving them in Mexico like Trump did, they're putting them on chartered flights and releasing them into communities, into residential communities in the middle of the night. And that includes MS-13 gang members. It includes drug smugglers. I mean, and yet we're sending hundreds of millions of dollars to protect Ukraine's borders. 
By the way, there are more terrorists. It's confirmed that terrorists have been sneaking into the country. I'm talking about Islamic terrorists. I don't know why they need to because they could just be like that guy Faisal Akram from England and just hop on a plane and get into the U.S. and uh, not be on a on a no-fly list for some inexplicable reason. But there are Islamic ter- Muslim terrorists who are actually sneaking into the country. Some of them are getting caught, and that's how we know that they're coming. But uh, who knows how many of them? We only know about the ones who get caught. We don't know about how many sneak in and don't get caught. All right, two police officers. This is a very, very tragic story, an unspeakable story, but I need to mention it because two New York City police officers, they were they were called into some kind of situation. They were told there's a dispute, but then they were ambushed and shot. I guess it was over the weekend. Uh, I believe it was in Harlem. And one of the officers uh, died right away. Another officer uh, was in critical condition, underwent surgery, but then eventually succumbed to his wound. So two police officers were ambushed and murdered. Um, by, by, by these vicious monsters over the weekend. It's, a, and it's an unspeakable tragedy. But here's the thing. In response to this, um, Mayor Eric Adams, who to me, Mayor Eric Adams, uh, to me, is a total disaster. I mean, look, we have to give it time. I understand that it's only been a few weeks. But, uh, I, you know, I, I'm really very concerned. You know, he's flip-flopped on a bunch of different issues. He, of course, he tried to appoint his brother, and he may succeed in appointing his brother as one of the top officials in the NYPD, uh, despite his brother having no experience whatsoever for that role, other than having served as a cop like tens of thousands of other people. Anyway, so Eric Adams and Governor Kathy Hochul, they're calling for increased gun control in, in response to this ambush and this shooting of these NYPD cops. And it's, and it's horrific. And again, we're seeing this. We're seeing the police be targeted. It's clearly a result of the Democrat rhetoric, the anti-police rhetoric, the BLM movement. But they're calling for increased gun control. Now, the people who, who committed this horrific act, they used illegal guns, gun control, right? That implies that, like, if you have tougher gun laws, then that's going to somehow solve the problem, prevent the shootings, prevent the crime. The pro- problem is that it's not the guns. It's the, it's the person who shoots the guns. There could be guns, but if criminals are not shooting the guns— or you know, then then, or if guns are only used in self-defense, then the guns can't do, harm people by themselves. Guns can't shoot themselves, is the thing. And so, if you told me that these were legal guns, then I understand. You know, how many times do we have to see this? That you know, the the, the problem in places like New York is pro, is the prosecutors. The, at least one of the big problems is the prosecutors is the fact that these criminals keep getting released from jail. We know about the bail reform insanity. You know, and we know that the, these prosecutors and judges are way, way too lenient. And these criminals basically know they have a free pass. They just go in and out of jail. So if they even get into jail to begin with. And then, of course, the police, you know, sort of get frustrated and the police don't bother cracking down as much because they see that these, they, they arrest the same person again 10, 20, 30 times. No exaggeration. So they're calling for tougher gun control, tougher gun control. And by the way, where's Washington, D.C.? Where, where's Congress? Under Trump, all we heard about. Right was was about how we need tougher gun laws. Now the Democrats are in charge of everything of the for now. Hopefully, it doesn't last very long of the White House and the House and the Senate. And don't tell me about the filibuster because they're busy trying to pass 
build back, build back better, and they're talking about abolishing the filibuster, and they're busy trying to pass every socialist program you can imagine. But you don't hear a peep about gun control from the Democrats in Washington. Well, why is that? Because now they're in charge. They don't want to pass gun control. They know how many millions of Democrats are gun owners. The last thing they want to do, they want to do it. It's such hypocrisy. They just want to yell about it when uh, Republicans are in power. But you have Adams and Hochul talking about increased gun control. The gun that was used to shoot these cops is an illegal gun. The, the guns were obtained illegally. That's a fact. That has been that's not being disputed. That you know that 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 has been made very clear. So the issue cannot be the gun laws. Now you want to enforce the gun laws better. I'll give you that. But you, what you really need to do is you need to you, you need to actually crack down on crime. You need to actually lock up criminals. You need to actually uh, when you know when you know that somebody is uh, has a has a criminal tr- record and has a criminal past and has a rap sheet. You need to keep them in jail and not let them out. But the issue cannot be the gun laws. Well, we need tougher gun laws. What do you mean? The gun laws already made these guns illegal, and yet these guns were obtained by the criminals and were used by the criminals, so it can't be the gun laws. The problem is that the, that, that, that the Democrats are a bunch of socialists and the criminals are running rampant, and you refuse to prosecute them. And as I said, I mean, it's, it, it, like, it's very clear. They used illegal guns. Oh, we, well, we need tougher gun laws. Uh, but the gun laws that were in place should have stopped these guns from being obtained by these criminals. So obviously the problem is not the gun laws. There's another problem. Now... The other pro- the other part of this is that most victims of crime in cities like New York, Chicago, and other cities, many other cities are, are black. I mean, you know, St. Louis and so many big cities that are that that, that are having issues with crime. Washington D.C., Seattle. Most of the victims are black. Many of the victims are children. I mean, you have this mayor Lori Lightfoot in Chicago, who's a radical. She's a disaster. And you know how many. Thousands and thousands of, of blacks and black children have been shot under her watch. And yet the media, this is the big dirty secret that nobody talks about. So all of these Democrats showing compassion for criminals. You have this Alvin Bragg, this DA in Manhattan, who says, you've got to look at the back. I grew up in Harlem. I grew up, I saw gunshots all the time. you got to look at where these criminals are coming from. You have to think of the social justice aspect of when you lock these people up, then imagine what you're doing. You're going to have a disproportionate number of blacks in jail and these poor criminals. You know, it, it, it's not their fault. Look at their upbringing. Hello, I, I don't care. You're allowing criminals to roam free and to shoot people and get away with it. And, you know, and by the way, you know, uh, mentally ill hardships. I don't care. You show compassion for criminals. What you're doing is you're showing cruelty to all the innocent minorities out there, innocent blacks and innocent children. All right, most voters say they would not support Bi- – is this a shock? Most supporter, most voters say – this is according to a new Fox News poll – most voters would not support Biden for re-election. In other words, most voters like are, are, are still somewhat sane, are somewhat rational enough – not all voters, but most voters realize that they should not vote for the worst president in history for re-election who's also going to be over 80. Six in ten voters – would support somebody other than President Biden if the 2024 election were held today. Six in ten voters. And by the way, if it were held today, he'd be younger than he's going to be in two years. But uh, six in ten voters, 60 percent. So there's still plenty of voters who actually astonishingly would support Biden. But this is a Fox News poll. And by the way, according to another poll, most Americans believe that Biden is is a worse president than Trump. Again, and something that should not shock most of us. It's no surprise that most Americans believe that Biden is worse than Trump. How could you not believe Biden is worse than Trump? 
I, I, I'm more curious, like compare Biden to like Jimmy Carter. And by the way, did you know Biden at the at that aforementioned press conference that Biden held that hour and 51 minute press conference? Hooray for Biden. Wow. He was up there for an hour and 51 minutes. Um Give that man, like, the Medal of Honor. Anyway, at that press conference, he was asked about his abysmal record, not in those words. And look, and some, some of the media asked him some tougher questions than we would have thought, but uh, a lot of it was prepared and rehearsed and scripted. But the point is that Biden said that he overachieved. He overachieved. He said in his first year, he exceeded expectations and overachieved. Can you believe this stuff? Uh, like, give him four Pinocchios for that. He overachieved in his first year. I mean... I guess if the expectation was that he would have a pulse, maybe you can argue that he overachieved. Maybe. Even then, I'm not certain. But, you know, I'd rather compare, forgetting comparing Biden to Trump, I'd rather compare Biden to like a random cashier, like at the grocery store. And and I'd rather try, give them a shot. Get, you know, just pick, literally pick some cashier with like a, a mediocre intel, average intelligence level. At the grocery store, put them in the White House for the next year and see if they could possibly do a, do a worse job than Biden. I, to me, it's almost like just vacate the White House, just like just take Biden out, you know, put him on, put him out on some golf course somewhere. I'm not even sure if he'll realize and just leave the White House vacant until the next election and see if things are see if anybody notices. All right. Rashida Tlaib and Elon Omar, two Islamic members of the squad. They are both linked to Muslim groups. That want to free Idea Sadiqi. Idea Sadiqi is the Al Qaeda terrorist that um, was demanded by Faisal Akram. Faisal Akram, the shooter in Texas, uh, he was demanding that uh, the, the the one who held the hostages, the terror, the, the the Islamic terrorist, he was demanding that authorities free Idea Sadiqi. Idea Sadiqi had all these plans. She was found with like plans to like blow up like a bunch of buildings in New York City back in 2008. She was in Afghanistan. She was working for Al Qaeda. Anyway, Rashida Tlaib and Elon Omar, you know, one of them, one of the, one of it was, one of them was CARE. One of the uh, Islamic activist groups was CARE. I think that Elon Omar uh, was, was given an award by CARE, the Islamic rights uh, group. And then Rashida Tlaib worked with some other. Um, Muslim American uh, activist group. Anyway, both of them are strongly linked to these Muslim groups who want to free Adia Sadiqi. So Adia Sadiqi is a terrorist that Faisal Akram wanted to have freed um, when he took those hostages. Taib and Omar are both linked to Muslim groups who have been lobbying heavily to free Adia Sadiqi. Why am I not surprised? Um, Biden is providing legal services to illegals at taxpayer expense. Yes, a brand new policy from Joe Biden. Literally, no exaggeration, the Biden administration is rolling out a special new program that's going to use taxpayer dollars to fund the legal fees for illegals, legal services. And when I say legal services, it's literally, it's, these are the lawyers who are going to argue to defend these illegals are, are 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 supposed to be deported, right? The ones who are in the country illegally and uh, are not entitled to asylum, which is probably like ninety nine percent of border crossers or more. So illegals who need lawyers and attorneys to help them fight in court and uh, prevent them avoid you know help them avoid deportation. 
you and I, the taxpayers, are now going to fund their legal fees. I, I, I'm, I'm not kidding. Um, after they cross the border illegally and um, they, they, they have a court proceeding to, about whether or not they should be deported, so the Biden administration is, is rolling out a new federal program that's literally going to use tax dollars to provide legal services to illegal border crossers to help them stay in the country. I mean, you, it's just it, it would almost be comical if it wasn't so horrific and just outrageous. It, it, it's mind boggling. Michigan State University, speaking of mind boggling, Michigan State University will not be allowing in-person learning at least for the month of January, due to the spike in COVID, due to Omicron, Michigan State is not going to allow in-person learning. There's only going to be remote learning. I don't know what happens in February. Probably they're going to wait and see. Um, and, of course, a lot of schools are still doing remote learning. But Michigan State says no in-person learning, only learning via Zoom, only remote learning, only online learning. But here's the problem. Michigan State has no problem opening the school's Sporting arena, the, the, the sports arena, Michigan State right now, every home game, the Michigan State Spartans, that's a college basketball team. So Michigan State University is is allowing its arena to stay open. The basketball, every home game, every home game for its basketball team, the Spartans, is going to have almost 15,000 fans in attendance. So here the school says, sorry, but all classes are remote. We can't do classes in person. But when it comes to the basketball game, well, then suddenly, yeah, no problem. They're going to allow thousands and thousands, almost 15,000 fans to attend every single one of the, of, of the school's home games for its basketball. Can, can you explain that? Well, I can explain it very well. It's called money. It's all about the money because we know how these colleges operate. Uh, you know, they're getting paid whether learning is in person or remote. But when it comes to the basketball games, I mean, that's a huge, huge, huge moneymaker, huge source of revenue for and not to mention, you know, recruiting in terms of recruiting new students that they need that desperately. So suddenly then the COVID policies go out the window. Yeah, you can come in person. And what's more dangerous, a, a class, if they have a very large study hall, they could have a class of like, I don't know, 50 or 100 people all spread out, you know, uh, socially distancing uh, versus this crowded arena where you have thousands and thousands of people all bunched up together. All right, the president of Ukraine, Zelensky, took a took a dab, jab at Biden. He kind of um, it took this veiled, made this veiled critique of Biden. We told you Biden implied that Putin could invade Ukraine, and as long as it's a minor incursion, there would be no retaliation. Well, Vladimir Zelensky... Um, said, put out a statement saying there's no such thing as a minor incursion. So even though he didn't mention Biden, he clearly, clearly was taking a little jab at Biden. On social media, Zelensky said, quote, we want to remind the great powers that there are no minor incursions and small nations, just as there are no minor casualties and little grief from the loss of a loved one. I say this as the president of a great power. So he's basically reminding the great powers that there are no minor incursions and no small nations and that that took place what like a day after the nearly two hour press conference the first press conference solo press conference biden held in 10 months biden is bribing iran he's literally he's so soft pitifully soft on iran not enforcing sanctions and biden has been begging them we told you this at the beginning of the talks we said that the talks would be a sham all it is it, it it's giving iran a chance 
to basically develop a nuclear weapon with no consequences. And and it's unbelievable that the Biden people are are falling for it. Not that they're falling for it because it's all scripted. It's all designed. They know exactly what they're doing. But I, I have no idea what the end game is here because they're literally letting – Iran, Iran develop a nuke because we know we know the Iranians are are this close because they keep telling us they are and and the UN inspectors on the rare occasions that Iran lets them in they basically are confirming that the Iranians are enriching uranium almost to the degree needed for a nuke and and they have ICBM missiles long range missiles thanks to Obama because that wasn't outlawed as part of the bogus nuclear deal I mean it's like it's like science fiction only it's like this horror sci fi novel only more scary. And like they're just the Iranians, they're just like laughing at us. And then when they do eventually have a nuke, assuming they don't already, Biden's going to say, well, blame Trump. Trump got out of the deal. So it's okay. It's okay that Iran has a nuke as long as we can blame Trump. Meanwhile, um, Biden is obstructing Republicans from investigating the fact he's not enforcing sanctions and and he's obstructing Republicans. So let me explain, because this is a bombshell story. Iran under Trump, they were destitute. Trump he t- he made these really tough sanctions and he decimated their economy. But now, thanks to Biden, they have plenty of money. They're doing all sorts of deals. Also, they're selling oil to all these countries that Trump never allowed them to. And Biden's not cracking down. So, so Trump decimated the Iranian economy. The Iranian economy was in shambles under Trump. And now Biden has basically restored all the Iranian wealth and is not cracking down. So the Biden administration right now is obstructing more than 12 congressional investigations over its diplomacy with Iran and its and Biden's uh, the Biden administration basically alleviate not in, not not officially alleviating sanctions but ignoring sanctions on Iran like literally they're just not enforcing sanctions this is according to the Republican Study Committee this is the largest conservative group in Congress the Republican Study Committee and they say they've sent over a dozen letters to the Biden administration asking for information about the lack of sanctions enforcement in the last year on Iran. But the Biden administration just refuses to respond. The administration is stonewalling and keeping the Republicans totally in the dark about the status of negotiations, which we know there is no status. The negotiations are a total sham and economic sanctions on on Iran. Literally, uh, according to the Republican Study Committee, quote, Iran is richer, stronger and closer to a nuclear weapon than ever before. By the way, the Republican Study Committee, number one, they're members of Congress. Okay, I know they're Republicans. I'm sure they're not Biden's biggest fans. But number one, they're members of Congress. This is not like some conspiracy theory. Number two, they're not conservative. You know, there, there are other caucuses in Congress. There are other groups in Congress that are that are much more conservative than the Republican Study Committee. So the Republican Study Committee, it is conservative and it does have a large group of, of Republicans, but it's actually not like, the, you know, these wacko, like right wing conservatives. Not that I consider them wacko, but you understand what I mean. We're not talking about Ted Cruz and Rand Paul. They're in the Senate, but we're not talking about Jim Jordan. OK, but the, the study committee said uh, exposed how Biden has repeatedly broken his promise to enforce sanctions because it's trying to pursue diplomacy. They're trying they're looking for a diplomatic solution. They want to negotiate an end to this mess with Iran. And here's a quote from this Republican study group, quote, it's clear the Biden administration, while not technically lifting many of President Trump's sanctions on Iran, is tacitly providing sanctions relief through lack of enforcement to coax the Iranians to re enter the failed Iran 
nuclear deal, end quote. So the Republicans in Congress, literally, of course, the the media is never going to report this, but um, literally they say that Biden is allowing Iran to get rich and is basically not 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 enforcing sanctions in order to coax the Iranians to reenter the failed nuclear deal. Meanwhile, as I said, three members, this is really supported by this bombshell in the Wall Street Journal, three members of the Biden negotiating team uh, are actually stepping down from negotiations. One of them quit altogether, quit the quit the quit the State Department as a protest because they think that the U.S. and Biden are being way too soft on Iran. This is these talks in Vienna. According to the Wall Street Journal, one member of the team named Richard Nephew has totally quit the negotiating team and two others have stepped back from the from the Iran talks because they're frustrated with the soft negotiating stance that has been taken by the Biden administration. They're divided over a number of issues, including how firmly to enforce existing sanctions on Iran and whether to walk away from the negotiating table if Iran continues to move forward with its nuclear program while talks keep dragging on. So again, this is the strategy we told you about for months. This is the eighth round of talks or ninth round of talks. It's just absurd. It's, oh, let's have another round of talks and another round of talks. Who are you kidding? Meanwhile, the Iranians, it's just a stall tactic. Well, the Iranians can can get as close as possible to a nuclear weapon or even develop a nuclear weapon outright. And meanwhile, the State Department now says they're ready to hold direct talks with Iran because these talks in Vienna, these eight rounds, they've been through a middleman. So like now they want to get rid of the middleman because things have been so successful and they've gotten nowhere. They've gotten nowhere. So now the U.S. says, oh, let's talk directly to Iran, which is basically rewarding Iran. And the Iranians are saying like, oh, we'll think about it because the Iranians, they're just toying with Biden. I mean, they're taunting him. I mean, they're, the, the Iranians are making such a mockery of this whole thing. Uh, they, they're just laughing all the way to a nuke, you know, by making fun and mocking Biden. But you have these two juxtaposed, these two stories over here. These are two separate stories. The Wall Street Journal saying that three members of the Biden negotiating team are stepping down because they're frustrated because they're not enforcing sanctions. And then you have this, these Republicans who are saying, well, Biden is not enforcing sanctions, but he refuses to let us investigate. So it's very clear, but, you know, connect the dots here. And uh, any 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 10 year old could figure out what's going on. And finally, uh, NPR has reported a fake news story about the Supreme Court. This has been debunked. This is unreal. The this, this NPR, National Public Radio, the most boring and most leftist liberal radio station out there. So they reported a fake news story about the Supreme Court saying that Neil Gorsuch refuses to wear a mask during court proceedings and that Sonia Sotomayor, the liberal justice, Sonia Sotomayor, um, doesn't want to sit anywhere near Gorsuch, they're saying, because he refuses to wear a mask. And Chief Justice John Roberts has asked Gorsuch to wear a mask, but Gorsuch says, no, thanks, I'm not wearing a mask. And NPR says that basically they have this friction between Gorsuch and Sotomayor and It's fake news. And the reason we know it's fake news is because all three justices, Gorsuch, Sotomayor, and Chief Justice Roberts, they all debunked the story. And yet NPR is sticking with the story. You cannot make it up. So uh, essentially what they're saying is this is Nina Totenberg, who's been um, with NPR for many, many years. She reported uh, Justice Sonia Sotomayor apparently is diabetic. And she reported that Justice Roberts, Chief Justice Roberts, said to... Uh, Gorsuch said, please wear a mask to protect, um, Sotomayor. And that's, and, 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 and Gorsuch refused. That was a report by NPR. So first, Sotomayor and Gorsuch issued a joint statement saying, quote, 
reports that Justice Sotomayor asked Justice Gorsuch to wear a mask surprised us it is false. While we may sometimes disagree about the law, we are warm colleagues and friends, end quote. And then Roberts issued a separate statement and say, insisting, quote, he did not request Justice Gorsuch or any other justice to wear a mask on the bench. And what does NPR say in response? NPR says that, quote, we stand by our reporting. NPR stands by its reporting. That's what Totenberg said. She's the author of this story. So you literally have Sotomayor and Gorsuch, the, 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 the leftist justice and Gorsuch, the conservative justice, they, they put out a joint statement saying it is false. They're, those are their words. I don't remember ever seeing this, where you have Supreme Court justices putting out a statement saying a report in the media is false. Again, radical liberal Sotomayor and arch-conservative Gorsuch saying, listen, we're good friends, we're warm colleagues, and, and, she, and Sotomayor says, I never asked Gorsuch to wear a mask, and it's false. And then Roberts says that he did not ask Justice Gorsuch or anybody else to wear a mask. And what does NPR say? They stand by the report, and they're somehow saying, well, yeah, Roberts, there are different ways to ask. So even though he didn't ask, he still asked, even though Justice Roberts literally said, quote, I did not request Justice Gorsuch or any other justice to wear a mask on the bench. I mean, it's just unreal. All right, that's good. And, and these, the, the, the mainstream media, they, they will almost never, ever back down unless they're threatened with a lawsuit or something along those lines. That's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.